Behind the Curtain series on the web.com podcast 2022 style. We're out here. We're moving our way through the teams list. We're already, what is this, number five, I think. Um, and I am I'm joined for the second week in a row. Wow, Caleb, look at you. It's a uh, new year, new me, am I right? You're reborn here on the podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> Giving Frazier some much, you know, earned time off. He's built up a lot of vacation over his five or six years, whatever the hell it's been. Letting him burn it. But not you, though. You got to earn that stuff. Yeah, I know. I've used up all my vacation days. So yeah. I'm trying to just get back to the grindstone. I like that. And our special guest of the day is... Dare I call him enigmatic? We might get into some of that uh, today, but it is Riley, owner of Herb Your Enthusiasm. What's going on, Riley? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Riley Ocean Shark, coming at you. Really excited to be here today, to be behind the curtain. So let's get into it, right? Let's do it. And I just want to say for everybody who can't see you, you are like, rocking your best joe burrow you got the you got the 90s sunglasses on i you have something around your neck and it just like makes it look like you're wearing a large coat and it's like it's it's perfect you rolled up with style yep that's uh you know as i was saying we're kind of like the Bengals in a way you know we got a leader a young leader who is just chomping at the bit and we're on the come up so we are gonna we're going to have all the flash and pizzazz of that team. That's a perfect place to start, actually, because my my fir- the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Herb, your enthusiasm, is that it is a hot name. If we had odds in the preseason, I feel like it would be a fair bet to say that Herb, your enthusiasm would be a hot ticket to make the playoffs this year because... A lot of buzz around this team stemming from the, obviously the team that you've built over two years, but mostly how you finished 2021. It was a very strong finish for you. Uh, You had that monster week high performance. And uh, I think you averaged, I want to say 189 over like the last six weeks, which was above league average. So you ended the season hot and that's part of the reason how you got to this point where you're you know where you were six and eight it was a it was a great season for you so uh going into 2022 do you feel the added pressure of those sorts of expectations in only your third year in web uh honestly really we don't uh we don't really feel any of the expectations currently um we pretty much Plans completely changed uh, on the day the Packers re-signed Aaron Jones last year. So we accepted that we weren't going to be very good uh, this past year. Happy with a two-win improvement over our first year in the league. And uh, we're we're expecting to continue that improvement. But right now we are planning on being uh, a real threat for a championship uh, post-2023 rookie draft. So right now everything's house money. Uh, We know we are an ascending team. We're just working on getting the right people in the building and uh, making sure team chemistry is on the build up this year, making sure everybody's feeling confident, maybe finding out if my receivers are good or bad. That would be a great uh, thing for this year. 
and then uh, really attack everything in 2023. Yeah, the wide receiver room here for you is really interesting just because it's sort of lacking that guy. I know you've talked about it, and it's so hard to find one of those, but you had one uh, in A.J. Brown, and that was a massive deal that went down uh, on the way to Dave, which was very unlikely to see him give up all the assets he did, including Jerry Judy, who just recently received a massive boost in the way of Russell Wilson. So um, how do you feel about this wide receiver room? Do you think Jerry Judy can finally take over that role there? Or or where where are you at with that? Yeah, we're definitely hopeful. I mean, right now, as far as team needs, we are still in need of running backs. Uh, Tight ends are incredibly mid. But really that top-of-the-line wide receiver, top-of-the-line running back, and then just help on defense is uh, what the team needs are. And it hurts having A.J. Brown in the fold and then giving him up. But at a certain point with where we were at with the team and understanding that we weren't really, like I said, with the A.J. Dillon thing not coming to fruition right away, it was a deal where it's like, hey, we have a little bit of time here. Let's just see if Jerry Judy can't do it. And then we snag an extra two first-round picks, then we're really cooking. And I'm really glad that Russell Wilson will be there because if Jerry can't be good now, well, we'll know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it's not. We want. I want to deal with another year of being like, well, maybe Jerry, maybe. Uh, like it's been in the past, so we'll see. We will see. I mean, it's kind of like I remember being on here last, for last year's behind the curtain, and pretty much I was in. I was in the spot last year where you guys were like, well, you have a lot of guys who could be good on offense and defense, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm in the exact same spot. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, the haul that you got for A.J. Brown was immense. I mean, that's it makes it a little bit easier to part with a guy like that. And, I mean, like Caleb said, that was a very weird move given Dave's track record. We've never really seen him go out on that far of a limb for a player. So just kind of curious how those negotiations went. I mean, was it... Was it Dave that came to you there, or were you shopping the name around? How did that go down? Uh, no, it was definitely uh, Dave came to me. Dave came to me about AJ, and because I was definitely not shopping AJ at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave came to me. He was looking for an upgrade, and being in the spot where my team is, he decided to investigate. He sent an initial offer that was not attractive to me at all, really, uh, but talked about it a little bit. And then uh, we started to go, like, we kind of got, uh, initially I was looking for Jerry, Harry, and I think a pick or something. And I know that's a lot, of course, but it's also A.J. Brown. So um, that obviously broke off because that is, <laughs> that, that Dave, getting Jerry and Terry from Dave in one swoop was just not going to happen. Um, we're talking and negotiations back and forth with us being the two cheapest owners in the league so that was <laughs> a, a tedious process oh, <laughs> sure for both of us neither i of can't us. even imagine that so they, so, sometimes they say you want to be a fly in a room for something like i don't think i wanted to be in that room like, <laughs> be in there for a month just like well are we gonna do something right, right. <laughs> and then uh and just being a being a savvy savvy guy i am i decided to uh we were mid negotiations kind of stalling out. I just was like, well, why don't I just toss AJ Brown on the trade block in the web chat and just uh, <laughs> get some movement going? 
uh, see see if that can't r- get a rise out of him. And uh, got a little bit of a rise out of him. And then we uh, negotiated further. And eventually we came to terms on something that we thought made sense for both of us. And after it, I was really hopeful. I was like, Dave, go win that fucking championship, dude. I hope you do it. I mean, that, this is the move he's, you guys had been begging him to make forever. Yeah. And he went out and did it. And I was like, it's time for you to win. And then, I mean, in typical Dave fashion, he decided to not win. <laughs> I think it was a trade that made a lot of sense for both sides. It was like finally Dave doing that. And you, I mean, it was just adding more assets to a team that wasn't ready to quite compete. Um, another pretty big trade was actually one between the two of us. And I was curious. It was the whole, uh, yeah, when we traded, it was basically a Najee Jodavante trade. And it was kind of the theme of your draft was going to get your guys. But uh, if we go back, I gave up uh, pick four, pick uh, 16, and a 2022 20, third for, to trade up one spot to three. And I got a 22 fourth back. So a year uh, in the books, um, would you do that trade again? Do you like how it turned out? And uh, what were your thoughts with, you know, we were both engaged in those talks for a while. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, what, what what are your takeaways? Yeah, a year later, uh, I am still very pleased with, I think it worked out good for both of us, right? Uh, yeah. You got the guy you needed to make your playoff push right away who was going to be that RB1. Uh, all the talk sounds like Melvin's coming back to Denver again. But hopefully it would be one of those deals where Javante is more the A and Melvin's the B this year. So I still think, and especially with Russell Wilson uh, raising the ceiling of that offense in its entirety, I think that'll be good for Javante, especially with his pass catching prowess as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting just, I mean, Javante's just, what is he, 30 years younger than Najee? So <laughs> that, uh. wasn't, <laughs> that was something. And just like thinking into it, it was just something where I was like, okay, realistically, Najee being 23, 24 ish. Uh, first round pick, you, you're going to get five years out of him, right? You're to get four years and you're going to pick up the option where I think with Javante being that 20, 21 year old, uh, a second round pick, that's a four year contract. He runs his four years out and I think he can get paid again. He can run that second contract, which might get me an extra year or two on the back end. Yeah. So that was my thought process. And then being able to, being able to pick up uh, that pick to be able to acquire Trey Lance which is really a wild card for me because if Trey Lance has the fancy upside that everybody thinks he does, I mean, he doesn't even need to be a particularly good real life quarterback uh, in Kyle Shanahan's offense and it being a dual threat, he's going to put up great fancy numbers and he's just a wild card. And if somebody needs a quarterback, uh, uh, they can come to me and I will, uh, I'll, I'll be able to flip him and be able to improve my team in other areas. Yeah, it was interesting because you used that pick uh, to take what Justin Fields originally, correct? And yeah, then, I took Justin Fields. Yeah. So you, so what was the thought process there? Because you traded away Fields and three oh five to go get Lance. Were you just that much higher on him? Yeah, I mean, realistically, uh, as far as prospects, I did. I liked Lance a little bit. I liked Lance's upside a little bit more than Fields. Uh, just it was just a taste thing. I loved Fields too. I was perfectly happy with when I traded that trade with you. I was like, well, I'll get one of them. Yeah, I was very confident I was going to get one of them. And realistically, it was just something where Fields is going to be taken by Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, <laughs> and those two are a hundred percent fired at the end of the year because they both stink at their jobs. And you just never know with a new regime what their takes are, what their thoughts are on a prospect. 
I would imagine. I mean, he's a he's a great player, so it's not nothing to worry about. But I just was like Kyle Shanahan. It's a more stable situation and a more fantasy upside situation. So it was more situation based. So I thought the three point oh five was a fair price to get the guy I felt more comfortable with, where I would feel like I would get a better return. Makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, sticking on the theme of of last year's draft, another guy that you went out and made a move for uh, before before the selection was Elijah Moore. You traded up to that slot. I think it was ten to to select him. Uh, so, what was it about Elijah that that made you want to make that kind of trade and, and just make sure that you walked out of the draft with him? I just love Elijah Moore. I think he does really well. Uh, he is incredibly shifty. He can separate. He runs great routes. He has four three speed. He had like I think he had a like one of the most elite three cones I've ever seen. So he's just so, and he's so savvy. And like when you have your teammate, AJ Brown, who's already an NFL superstar, like saying that you're better, you were always better than him. Like you can't really. And I mean, just at watching the tape, he's just a great player. And I have so much confidence in him that I was like, I'll, I'll give up. I'll pick just to acquire him because I, I mean, I was happy Rashad Bateman went before him. I was happy Trevor Lawrence went before him. I thought Elijah Moore should have been taken two to three picks earlier. But so I was uh, just tickled pink to get him that time. <laughs> well, and, and well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Tim moved down into the slot that he took Rondale Moore. Was it wasn't that the trade? I mean, it depends or, if you I mean, he had back to back, so that could have been Parsons right, or right. Rondale. Okay, so well, that's, yeah, that's pretty dichotomous. I guess I was going <laughs> to say you, you beat him on that one if it was, if it was Rondale. <laughs> uh, speaking of trades, we have to talk about some things that went on. Uh, we had a bit of an embargo. Uh, some were short, some long. You've built a bit of a reputation with trading in this league. Um, as is someone who's, I mean, you mentioned it with Dave earlier, difficult maybe to deal with. Um, has this, has, has your, I mean, with how people have maybe responded to some of your deals, have you had to adjust at all or thought about it? Or are you kind of sticking to your guns when it comes to that regard? Definitely. I'm, I am, uh, I mean, respectfully, fuck you guys, but yeah, that's fair. that, um, <laughs> I, I am uh, actively trying to make improvements. I know recent, like uh, a while back, uh, I went to Frazier with a trade. He didn't like it, and but he was helpful about it. He was like, hey, here are some resources I use to like make sure that I'm not sending bad trades. So being able to use those resources is always incredible help, incredibly helpful. And I mean, I don't, I need to do a better job of judging that myself, but I'm ultimately trying to make good deals for my team. Uh, I should do a better job of making them more even. But I'm also I'm just incredibly persistent, and I think that that is where I uh, rubbed you and Tim the wrong way <laughs> in this most recent thing. So uh, I don't see that changing. Okay, so you got well, to go fuck yourself. Cre- All right. <laughs> Credit to Frazier for taking a taking the opportunity for a teachable moment. <laughs> I don't know if I would have responded as positively as you just did to somebody sending me resources on how to trade better. I might have been like, fuck you, man. Look, I, I make good deals, uh, so I'm, I'm not too stressed about it. Uh, I yeah. seem to, I mean, in, even if it, if it ends up going south, 
uh, I plan on being a guy where people have to come to me because I'm going to have things people want. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. My issue was the persistence like that day woke up on the wrong side of the bed uh, and saw a trade offer from you. So I was like, you know, you always see a trade offer. You're getting excited. And it's that same deal. It's the Trey Hendrickson, Brian Burns deal that you offer once a month. Uh, I have receipts from November of you trying to do that. And it's literally like, I say I don't want a guy. And then it like resets after a month and you try it again. And it's gotten to the point where I just hate Trey Hendrickson now. Like he had a really good season. <laughs> he had a good season. He was like a top defensive lineman. I want nothing to do with that guy. So yeah. I guess that was kind of where it's just like you, you sort of like it keeps, it goes to a point where it's just like, I just don't want to want him right. at all anymore. And to be to be fair to me, all right. I come from on it. The the previous trade offer was from before the trade deadline. Yeah. So before the trade deadline, Ryan Burns was having a great year, and Trey Hendrickson was having a great year. But then after the trade deadline, Burns fizzled, and Trey Hendrickson went on to have a great rest of the year, and then exploded in the playoffs too, and had a great playoff run, like securing that he's a great asset. Yeah, I simply was sending the trade again one time to see how he felt. <laughs> yeah, and if it hadn't been values, set so value, many player times, values, player values do change. Yeah, yeah, deadline no, to uh, to off season. Yeah, I just like I said, it had gotten to the point where I was you made me like hate him, and I, like I understand that. I, I've been like, I don't want to move him, even though he had a bad finish to the year. So that's where I was just like. I was just frustrated by the offer over and over, but I understand where you're coming from too. I just wanted you to know where I was coming from. All right. Well, glad we could. That's why we're doing this, man. That's why we're, this is our moment to get everything out in the open and understand it because I mean, let's be honest here. Like you were, when we did expansion, you were a hot name. You were, you know, some would have called you a shoe in and that is because of your knowledge and your proven ability in other leagues to to put results on the board. So it's not, I think the the concerns that people have aren't necessarily rooted in, you know, does this guy know what he's doing? Because every person I think understands like you you know what you're doing, you know how to do this thing. Uh so when like when these situations come up, like do you feel like the criticism is justified? Like, do you see you know, where people are coming from on these things or like, what is, what is your reaction when somebody says you're getting embargoed? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't give a shit about the embargoes, uh, <laughs> but uh, I do, I do try to take right uh, from everything and understanding where people are coming from. And I, I don't attempt to piss people off. That's not my goal. Okay. I, I mean, I, I I don't know what else to say. Like, I put bad offers out there sometimes, not intentionally. I don't try to fuck people over, but I just need to do a better job of understanding, like more, like not what I value a player at, but more of what they would value that player at. I think that's sometimes where my disconnect comes in. And right. I think I need to do a better job of like being like, okay, so they, I value them at this relative because like i might be trading one of my guys that i really like maybe they don't feel the same way about that guy so i think there's a lot of 
that's stuff where I have to take it more from the opposite owner's perspective and see like, Hey, what do they think of this player? Like I got to take my biases out. So, yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because me and Mingo talked about this last night when we were supposed to go through and it's like, there's sort of two ends of the spectrum with trading and web. It's like, I think it's why you and Tim have such an issue because Tim is like the easiest person to trade with. Like he's a straight shooter it's like gonna be like that's his deal. That's a that's the offer, fair offer. And then you know, with you, you're sort of on the other. It's like you and Dave sort of where it's like you're gonna have to grind a little bit to get to where you want. And uh, I mean, it usually works out. Usually, if you want to get your guy, it'll it'll go out anyway. But some like with your way, it might take a little longer to get to a point where two parties can agree. And I think the other angle of that too is like. It's okay that people have different trading styles. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, It'd be nobody, boring if everyone was just like, oh, yeah, let's do I know, that I know. Yeah, All right, I, let's do it. I don't, I don't want you, Riley, or like anyone listening to this to think like, you know, everybody needs to, to do it the same way no, or you're doing no. it wrong. It's just that, like, honestly, like, I was curious if it was like a strategic choice to like, be that like persistent like i'm always going to be knocking on the door type of a thing like you were intentionally trying to like wear people down like because i would have been like oh yeah okay like that's a strategy like i was genuinely curious about that yeah i mean i i wouldn't i mean i'm definitely gonna be i'm always gonna be like caleb said like i am completely comfortable like i being persistent is definitely something i that is a strategy that's like i'm gonna wear i wear people down in that sense my goal is not to wear people down like with like poor offers that's where i needed to be better right so that's where I'm like, but I am no oh, the persistence. That's why I'm that's why I'm telling Caleb and Tim to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, yeah. We, we respect that now in the new age of web. Everybody go, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I, I mean, I had a whole fuck Caleb campaign for a year. So, <laughs> true. From <laughs> Tim. From hey. Tim. Yeah. yeah Tim I was kind of at the root I wasn't of all evil. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was Team Caleb on that one. But. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Okay, we got that out of the way, trade stuff. Um, but I mean, a lot of the, you, like you know, you, we you have kind of earned a reputation of being like a savvy trader and like things like the Gabe Davis move. Like you trade Van Jefferson, a player that you were shopping for a long time. You end up getting Gabe Davis, who then goes into the offseason, obviously unknown at the time that he was going to have that playoff game, but he goes into the off season with, you know, supposedly mega inflated value. And that kind of describes your entire wide receiver group. I mean, you have a lot of these guys um, that, you know, you kind of bought low on or like found good times to buy them. And now you have this collection of players that has been referenced, you know, many, many times. But when you assess your wide receivers as of today, uh, and obviously you have another pick coming up here, number five, uh, this summer with a, another strong receiver class. How do you envision your receiver group kind of finalizing, uh, heading into 2022? Yeah, uh, it's definitely a incredibly weird uh, scenario. Uh, probably say if I had to describe it, I would probably describe myself as confounded or, uh, and perplexed. I know I'd probably, Tim probably just turned the podcast. <laughs> He's words, opening but... the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tim. But, uh, I mean, I, I, as Dan said, uh, he, he's pissed off 
He's like, well, you have so many receivers that might be good. I mean, how does he think I feel? I feel <laughs> like, like, I have no, no idea. But in a spot where it's like, hey, realistically, I mean, just playing the numbers, hopefully a few of these guys like materialize into like, okay, this guy is confirmed good, maybe great. Um, the guys I have my eyes on personally are Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore, right? Those are the guys I'm like most confident that I'm going to be rolling forward with because I love those guys. Hollywood showed flashes. Juju was a value buy. Chase Claypool is, uh, I mean, incredibly talented. Uh, Gabe Davis, we'll see what the Bills do in the draft, but I mean, being attached to Josh Allen is incredibly nice. We'll see where, I mean, DJ Shark and Juju, we got to see where they go in free agency. Who knows what scenario they're going to be in. They could go to the Eagles and be attached to Jalen Hurts and being sharing with Goddard and Devonta Smith. And like, well, that's a maybe a flex on a bye week. <laughs> or, or they could go to a good situation. So it's just I have no idea with those two. We'll see what free agency does. We'll see what happens in the draft. I even have these guys like Marquez Calloway and K.J. Osborne where it's like, well, they might be okay. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of talent in the room. And then uh, survival of the fittest. We're going to see how they perform. And who, who knows if they're going to be on the roster week one. And who knows if, if anybody's out there. I mean, they're, I mean, most of them are available. Some are less available than others. But <laughs> Yeah. We, so we touched on uh, pick five for a second there. Uh, we talk about all these receivers. We've talked a little bit in our film review sessions and stuff. What direction are you looking to go at five right now? Uh, personally, uh, I want to be Brees Hall. Might have played him. Wanted... He might have combined himself out of that range. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was hoping he would uh, run a little less than a four three nine. Maybe not be an athletic freak. Um, <laughs> But at least Kenneth Walker was also – he showed his freakiness. Uh, Kenneth Walker is my RB, too. I'm not super high on Isaiah, but we've had this conversation. Uh, yeah. But – so I'm looking at those two, looking at Olave, Christian Watson. Those two – I mean, I don't think any of them are going to go above the top three, but the top three are, of course, in play as well. So right now I'm hoping one of those four – like one of those four players are probably – those are the guys I'm going to be really, really digging into. And uh, deciding, I mean, I'll know more with landing spots as well. Um, that, I might, I might look to make a move up if anybody's dealing, or maybe was like, oh well, I, I'd be okay with someone, someone else. I mean, I don't. I mean, Josh, if you're okay, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd take four from you. So I'll could, just put that out there. Uh, catch you when this posts. Um, could be the opposite of it's like me trading up for Najee down for Javante. So you're moving up. Um, that'd be interesting. And then you also have a second, um, you talked about trying to fill in on defense. Do you see yourself drafting a defensive player in the top two rounds? Uh, top two rounds. I'm not, I mean, I'm not drafting a defensive player in the first round. So we can yeah. that out. So that comes, yeah. it pretty much comes down to 2.05. Uh, definitely looking at Devin Lloyd there and Nicobe Dean, but I really, I've, I've started watching the linebackers a little bit, just touching, touching base on these guys and then seeing the combine numbers and everything. And I like, I, I like the depth of this class at linebacker. I like, there's a quite a few options. I've got that run of three picks in the third. 
So depending on where the value is, if there's a player, I, an offensive skill player I like on the board at 2.05, I'll probably go that way and just try and play, get a linebacker in the third round. Uh, there's just a, there's there's some running backs, wide receivers, linebackers that I like that could go off in the third round. So um, I'm excited about those three thirds. So we'll see what I do with them. But I, I would anticipate I I desperately need help at linebacker. I've had quite the experience in web with linebackers. I've had uh, Fred people like Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Boise to Luakon all in my linebacker room and I have decided to trade them all away and play Devin Bush. So I am good at identifying the talent. I'm just not good at keeping it. Yeah. I just okay. got to work on that. Yeah. And I want to, I do want to kind of hit a little bit further on the defense, but I want to jump back to five really quick, just because it's a very interesting spot in the draft. And I think, you know, obviously we, we talk about your team with, with how deep you are at receiver uh, and you're kind of still, you know, you have AJ Dillon, Javante Williams, like Elijah Mitchell, you have some names at running back, but you know, running backs more of a need, but at what point, you know, would you consider going wide receiver at five? I mean, is that something that's predicated by like your personal board or would it take quite a bit like perfect landing spot, you know? super high evaluation to like go receiver there. Like how locked in are you on running back there? Uh, I typically prescribe to best player available. That is what I uh, take my philosophy on. That's why like I have Justin Herbert, right? I could have went a completely different direction in the second round last year, but I was like, I think, I mean, Trey Lance was the best player available at the time. I mean, if you look at the people who went after uh, Trey Lance, what was it? It was uh, Zabin Collins, Trey Sermon, Fields, right? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reach when I have the ability to take the best player on my board. Um, if I, I mean, obviously, if Kenneth Walker goes to a great landing spot and Chris Olave goes to a decent landing spot or something like that, I mean, I'm probably gonna go with Kenneth Walker. I mean, just like if it's close, like I gotta dig further into the film on these guys. If it's close, Ty goes to the need. So it's pretty much BPA, but Ty goes to the need. Or mm -hmm. So that's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be in those interesting positions this year in the first, just with weighing need versus their board, because there's so many talented guys and wide receivers so deep. So it's just I wanted to get your temperature on that situation. But uh, let's, let's transition over to the defense because you mentioned linebackers certainly in play draft wise this year. Um, but you know, when we look at the defense overall, um, the last two years, you've been 11th ranked on defense and you've had some, like you mentioned, you've had some star names in the building. You've opted to make moves for those guys, uh, shipping them off, but uh, how pressing is defense as a, as a whole, you know, you, you, you might target it in the draft, but have you considered, you know, making some trades or is that more of something that you kind of are putting on the back burner for right now? Yeah, that's definitely something I'm, uh, I'm not prioritizing in any sense. I would love to get, I've been feeling around linebackers. I would love to get some linebacker talent in there. Uh, I feel okay at the line. I drafted a couple kids last year. I've got Allen and Hendrickson now, so I feel okay there. My DB room is it's all right. Uh, I'm looking forward to adding Lewis Seen. But uh -huh. <laughs> wow, man! But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then line, but 
right now it's just not something I'm looking to actively like I, I need to build up my offense first. I have a hold I need to do it. I, I can compete right now, but I'll, I'll build up my defense when I'm ready to compete for a championship and uh, I'll, I'll be able to make those. I'll be able to make those moves because uh, regardless, I'm gonna get the offensive talent in there and people will trade defenders for offensive young offensive talent, even if they're not proven like, I mean, what Josh, when he was making a run this year, he just got Max Crosby for Trey Sermon, right? It doesn't matter if they're proven or not. People are going to take those shots. So I'll, I'll get the offensive guys and then I'll trade them when I need to. Yeah. His defense has seen so many good players come and go, but it seems like it's finally time that you might, I mean, you got all these receivers. You could definitely move one of them for a top defensive player. Um, you know, looking ahead here, the number nine scoring team last season, um, so, you know, people are talking about your team as a possible playoff team. You're going to need to take a little bit of a jump to do that. And with all the parody and web going on, uh, is a lot up in the air. Where, where are you at with this team? Do you think you're going to be a playoff team? And if so, what do you need to go right to get there? Look, I, I would need a lot to go right this year. Uh, we're, we're not there yet. There are still, uh, we're, I mean, I know we're in that trend. We're starting to head towards that transitional phase, but there's still a lot of great teams at the top and, uh, we're not on their level right now. Uh, so we're just, the game plan is, I, I, I like to liken it to the, uh, the meme that my friend Andy Potter shared of Anakin and Justin. Right? Dude. <laughs> so that was so like, much hey, fun when I saw that. <laughs> We'd love to be eight and six this year as uh, my boy Anakin Herbert, the chosen one, because they're both the chosen ones. So uh, looking forward to also Obi-Wan. That looks pretty sick, right, Mango? Oh, that, my gosh. I God. Mean, you could have a phenomenal. whole podcast about that trailer. <laughs> I mean, phenomenal. But <laughs> we're looking to be eight and six this year. That'd be a great goal. Eight and six, seven and seven, six and eight. I mean, I'll, I'll take being worse. If things go poorly, that's fine. I'll take a better pick next year. I've got three 23 first. Uh, 2023, we're really looking to compete for a championship. So at that time, hopefully, we'll see how this year goes. Hopefully, I have some decisions on some of my maybe good people. And I can better shape my roster from there. Right now, Josh's team kind of stinks. Caleb doesn't have many assets moving forward. He's a good team. Not going to be improving much. Tim has shelled out a bunch of stuff. I mean, he's got a million thirds, so we'll see what he does with that. Uh, I'm just glad he didn't absolutely maximize everything. Um, Dave, we know where Dave's at. Uh, and then I'm, I'm terrified of Frazier, personally. That's just where I'm at uh, as far as the pack, pack five. Uh, Frazier having five 2024 first. Uh, I feel like I'll have my year in 2023, and then it'll be like, well, there's Frazier with five first. Um, and then we'll have to deal with them. So really looking at 2023 right now as my time to shine. But this year, it's all house money. Need a lot of shit to go right. If we make the playoffs, we'll try. And I mean, if I have a shot to make the playoffs, we'll see what I do. But right now, there's no pressure on my boys. We're just trying to develop. Love that uh, the stray bullet at the Rebel Alliance <laughs> there, and then also like the blatant disrespect for like Tim. It's like I'm I'm more afraid of Frazier, who's like two years away, but totally get it because you know he has he has a chokehold on the Pack Five, that's for sure. But <laughs> um, all right, well, 
you know, this was a really great conversation. It really was. I hope, you know, you've uh, you've earned a reputation in web, I think, as kind of a, a divisive force. And that part of that is because you're good at what you do and you make moves that that pay off for your team as evident by the amount of talent that you have accumulated in two years and why you are even talking about competing for a championship in your in uh, in your four. So, um, yeah, great conversation, Riley. Thanks for joining us. And I'm going to give you this opportunity to speak to us, the league and the world. The microphone is yours. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out to the league. Shout out to you guys for putting this together. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody in the league for putting up with my bullshit trades. Sometimes, uh, they're not intentional. I do my best. Uh, I know this is the year we're trying to be more edgy, right? We're trying to be edgy. We're trying to create rivalry. So I've been thinking about, all right, who should I call out in this time? Who should I rivals with? So rivalry typically, it's got to be in your, in your conference, right? Typically it's in the division. So looking through the teams, nice of a guy, cannot. I don't think I don't think anybody's going to choose to be a rival. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're trying to be edgy, but who who could actually be a rival with Josh? He's a father. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's just the sweetest guy. A father can't be a rival with Josh. I don't want to be. I mean, you heard what I said about Frazier. I don't want to be a rival with Frazier. <laughs> I'm afraid of him. <laughs> then there's Tim. A lot of things that would make sense for a rivalry, right? Like you mentioned, the dichotomy of trading. Um, but ultimately, you know, Tim has his deal with Dan, right? Like Tim has his deal with Dan. He's everybody's I, favorite rival. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Like I, it would just be like, why would I don't I don't need that? I don't want my I want my rival. I want us to hate each other. I want us to get at it. I don't want I don't want to share my rival with anyone else. I don't want to share Tim. Somebody Dan can have Tim. You guys have your fun. <laughs> So that leaves the keel pros to be Dave. I'm very torn. I, I, don't, I haven't even decided yet. <laughs> On one hand, I have the keel pros. Caleb, my, one of my best friends. But also, I want to be a rival because I love talking shit to you. It's just yeah. something I like to do. And, <laughs> and you like talking shit to me. It would make a lot of sense there. And then on the Dave side, realistically, it would be smart for me to pick Dave, right? I kick his ass once a year. I mean, I've been a whole <laughs> team. I still beat his ass once a year. He's the best team in the league. I beat his ass every single year. <laughs> we got an even rivalry there. I don't think I've ever beaten Caleb. Not really a rivalry. I'm going to have to choose Dave because I kick his ass once a year, and I really don't need to trade with him because we uh, almost never trade because we can't come to terms. So I like Dave. Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> I'm not like a big WWE guy, but this felt like that sort of monologue they have when they call out like yep. who they're gonna fight next. <laughs> we need more of I'm, this, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, really, <laughs> since Dave is the uh, Pac-5 champion two times in a row, it's not really up to me to decide if we're rivals, right? Um, I'm calling him out if he wants to give me this. If he wants to become my rival, when he's on his behind the curtain, I want him to talk some fucking shit to me. I want to get this thing going. If Julian McCaffrey wants to come on Twitter and fuck around with Bud, then we can we can start it now once he hears this podcast. But 
Uh, it's really up to him if he wants to be rivals, but I'm putting it out there. Fuck you, Gabe. God. If you want to stop losing to me, maybe we won't be rivals. Kick my ass every year. We won't be rivals. <laughs> You've certainly built the case against him with, the, with those victories, man. And now this this verbal violence publicly. I mean, how can the guy not want to be rivals with you? It's just tough because I like Gabe. We have similar like it's like oh, we all like everybody, but you know what? You know, <laughs> fuck Dan. Sick of playing Dan two times a year. This is bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, fuck Carter. I, 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 yeah. wish, I wish I could say I was sick of playing Dave, but he's a free win for me every year. So I'm not sick of playing Dave. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow, that was, that was incredible. That was an incredible microphone moment. So excited for WWE Web. We're going to have like teaser trailers before big games. Like Dave, Dave thinks he can just walk in here. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be... We're gonna be at the draft. I'm just gonna hit Dave with a steel chair. Steel chairs. Wouldn't be the first kicked. web owner to get hit by a steel chair. Shout out Tim. I'm gonna get my ass kicked by Dave. Maybe this wasn't smart. Maybe I should have chosen Caleb. It's gonna turn into Oh now you're asking. Wow. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Put in some work in the off season. <laughs> You're ready for the physical confrontation era of web. Straight up WWE. I'm going to put Caleb through a table. <laughs> be the first time we're going to get a classic Mingo shove out of him. Oh, yeah. I'll eat my pizza again, MFR. All right. Uh, okay. This was this was great. This was great. Um, thank you, Riley. This was a lot of fun. And you know what, man? Hey, I'm not in your conference, so best of luck to you. Seriously, in 2022, I hope you knock it out of the park. Yeah, I, I wish you the best, Mingo. I can't say the same for Caleb. Uh, <laughs> uh, Caleb is in my conference, not rivals, but maybe. Stuff <laughs> in the air. <laughs> it's really up to you as well. If you want to call me out before Dave has his chance, I mean, I'll be rivals with anyone. It's a lot of a lot of names out there. I feel like I've already got sort of a rivalry with someone on the Twitter sphere, but we're not in the same conference. But we'll, well see. Well, we can talk. We can talk about that, you know, in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, we do. Speaking of the man himself, David Wilson, Batman will return to the podcast next week, but it will not be as a co-host. He will be under the microscope. We will be going behind the curtain with the former, former. Pack five champion as he uh, sits in the middle of his rebuild. But as Riley said, maybe it won't last very long. We'll find <laughs> out next week. Uh, but until then, let us make it a great week. <laughs>